at TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. TYB on the run. Welcome to John 2. Now, again, these are really big chapters, so um, we're going to do the first section of them um, because there is so much in them and they're just so incredible and you guys get to actually do um, the rest yourself, which is super fun. So we're in John chapter 2, Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 litres. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some water out, some, sorry, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much wine to drink. But you've saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Such an incredible miracle, but what the heck? Why does turning water into wine, what, why, would you, why would you bother? <laughs> I mean, all for those of you who love wine, um, it's a kind of great party trick, but why is this in our Gospel of John and such a random, weird moment? Now, you've got to remember, the Gospel of John, written by the John the Disciple, it has got some intricacies and some intimate moments, and John has really got a key of why he is doing this. He, he says in the end of his Gospel, he said, I could have put so much into this, but, you know, all the world, all the books in the, in the world would not be able to contain everything that Jesus did. It's one of those really annoying scriptures because I want to know that everything that Jesus did. Now, John takes everything that he saw and heard Jesus do as one of the intimate disciples. What does that mean? Peter, James, and John were the ones that were really part of Jesus' inner circle. So you're going to get this really, this essence, like we were saying in John 1, of intimacy, of stories that that the other disciples, um, you know, Matthew don't put in there. Some say that Peter actually wrote Mark. So Mark was kind of like the scribe of the account of Peter. So we do get some intimate details in in the gospel of Mark. But this is really this incredible moment where we get somebody who was the eyewitness telling us what is happening. Now, he's got a goal. In this goal, he is going to tell you all the miracles, signs and wonders, everything that Jesus did to really point you to the fact that he wasn't just a good man, wasn't just a teacher, wasn't just uh, you know a nice person. He was the son of God, the Messiah, the one coming, the one that the Jewish people are waiting for that is going to come and save the world, going to come and redeem Israel. So everything you're reading in this, put those glasses on for me. 
how does this miracle, how does this story show me that Jesus is more than just a teacher, more than just a man, more than just somebody who came as, as a rabbi? He is the son of God, the Messiah. So everything you read in this now, John is not in chronological order. Luke is in chronological order. But John is is basically taking all the stories and everything that he knows about Jesus and pointing you to this point of the Son of God. Now, I know sometimes today we don't think that things that are not in chronological order are fictional. You know, fact has to be in chronological order, it has to be in time order, and it has to be presented in a certain way for it to be fact. Not so in Greco-Roman and not so in in this time. This time you could take facts and present them in in a different vehicle. So the vehicle to which John is presenting his gospel is this vehicle of Son of God. So everybody, every fact, every miracle, every story gets into that vehicle that shows the purpose and intention of the author, John, that he is showing you that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. So through that lens, with those glasses on, we read this story of Jesus changing water into wine, and it's really an incredible story. I've heard some really weird preaching on this, so I'm going to correct a little bit of preaching. Is that okay? <laughs> it says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Okay, so remember TYB. Notice your location. Where is Jesus? What is he doing? He's in Cana in Galilee, meaning I'm in a very Jewish area and I'm probably with a very Jewish um, audience and wedding. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. So he's at this beautiful wedding he had been invited. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. It's kind of like this moment where you get to hear this inner discussion because you've just been told that the disciples are there too. They've been in John been invited to this wedding and there was a discussion taking place. Now, let me just tell you the point of this story. In 2.11, he says this, What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. Some of your Bible translations will say miracle. First of the miracles. That's probably not the best translation. The best translation is signs. These signs that John puts throughout his text are there to show how Jesus revealed his glory And his disciples believed in him. Again, the goal in John 1, for you to know that the glory of God was revealed, Old Testament glory, the presence of God was revealed through Jesus as the son of God. And you have a choice. You can either believe and receive and become the children of God or not believe in him. So you've got this understanding in your mind of why we have this sign, this moment. And this is the first one that John... John John shows us. He says to his mother says, they've got no more wine. Like this is your moment. Now I've heard some teaching that says, woman, why do you involve me as a derogatory, you know, thing. And it was really quite bad to be honest. I was like, that is not at all, you know, woman, why do you involve me? You know, almost derogatory towards Mary. That's not what woman here means. It's basically, it's not denoting disrespect. So don't preach that. If you're a preacher, don't preach that. Just because it sounds good in the culture today, don't preach it. It's it's not being disrespectful. What he's basically saying is, um, lady or hey mum you know why do you involve me it's not a derogatory moment he's just saying oh my hour has not yet come and I love this moment where Jesus is kind of saying to her 
my hour has not yet come, but I, he says, Mary knows that he wants blessing. How do I know that? Because in the beginning, he comes in grace and truth. He wants these bride and bridegroom to be blessed. He wants, isn't it amazing? I love this moment. The first miracle is so practical and so beautiful and so excessive and water into wine at a wedding. Why? Just so that the wedding, the bride and the bridegroom aren't shamed. I love the heart of Jesus, the son of God that came here into this beautiful, moment. And the first sign that that John presents is this moment of kind of covering the shame of a bride and a bridegroom because they'd run out of wine. And in those days, that was massive. I mean, we get to hear the culture of those days. You you, you bring the best wine because it's all about the wine and the, you know, you bring the best wine first. And then once, once the people are drunk and they don't really care what they're drinking, you bring the worst one out later. It's this culture and this custom that Jesus knew. And he's he steps in even when his hour has not yet come. He steps in because he is son of God, full of grace and truth. Oh, I love these moments. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Basically, he's he's going to do it because he's got so such beautiful compassion and I love it. Now we kind of get these little tips and pointers. When you're reading the Bible, don't miss the details. It says, Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. There's a reason that John puts that in there. Don't miss it. Each holding from 80 to 120 litres. So we've got over 600 litres of (laughs) water here. But it's not the actual size that that John wants you to take note of. He wants you to take note that they are used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. These are the things that cleansed the Jewish people. They would come in, do the ceremonial washing. It was kind of like this essence of the cleansing. Oh, my gosh, are you getting it? Okay. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. I love this moment. It would have taken them a while and they're thinking, what the heck is this guy going to do? I love the step of faith in this moment. Sometimes you have no idea what God's doing in your life and no idea why Jesus is telling you to do this thing. But I love the step of faith of these guys. They're filling 600 liters, (laughs) like 80 to 100 each. And we've got six of them. Imagine that moment of them going, well, what What's the point? We're not going to serve water. You know, you know that moment where you're just questioning God. Imagine these these guys. They don't know who Jesus is at this point. He hasn't done anything particular to show that he's this amazing prophet or preacher or whoever he is. And John says, at this moment, these guys are filling these these water jars. Then he said to them, "Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet." It hasn't changed yet. He doesn't say, now draw out the wine and take it to the master of the banquet. There's, there's There's no point in this story, which I absolutely love, where you know it changes from water to wine. So those guys have been told by a step of faith. It's like when Jesus tells you to do something and it's completely impractical and completely illogical and it doesn't work in your head. You just got to step out and do it and know that he will do the transforming at the right time. So these guys draw out the, the water. We don't know if it's changed at this point and they're walking to the master of the banquet. Imagine that walk of faith. Imagine that moment. It says they did so. 
and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. It is only at the point where these these people are being obedient to Jesus, not knowing him, not understanding what is happening, which is all of us in our step of faith. Are you at that point where you don't know why God has told you to do something, maybe quit your job or maybe start a new job or maybe start a project and you have no idea how this is going to work and you are at the point where you are just stepping One step at a time, looking at this cup going, how embarrassing is this? If I hand this to the master of the banquet, I'm going to be sacked. He's going to say, why are you handing this to me? But you need God to transform it. You need God to come in. That moment where Jesus transforms and the son of God does this incredible miracle and transforms it into what I I always, I'm going to get to heaven and ask the guy who carried the water, when did it change? (laughs) Was it the moment that you extended your hand out? Step of faith. I need to know when it changed. And he does. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Can you, did you hear that? They drew the water And as they're walking by, your transformation power won't come until you start walking. That that won't transform. It'll be water when you begin. It'll transform, but you gotta walk. You gotta walk by faith. You've got to, you can't just stay at that thing and wait until the it turns to wine before you step out in faith. You've got to pick it up, even though it hasn't transformed, and walk. How cool is that? Oh my gosh, I love this scripture. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. You've saved the best till now. You can imagine this bridegroom because he doesn't know what's happened just yet. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I love these moments where John is just watching all of this happen and it is just God. The son of God decided to come to a wedding and absolutely honor the bridegroom. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and disciples and there they stayed a few days. So what is this, TYB? Why is turning water into wine a sign that he is the son of God, the Messiah, the weighted Messiah? Now, the thing is this, if you are a Jewish person, you are waiting, you are currently in what is called the present evil age. And the present evil age is an age of exile. It's an age without the, the Holy Spirit. It's it's without um, God's presence as such. You are in this present evil age where kind of Satan rules and the devil rules and it's kind of no miracles, no signs and wonders. You are waiting desperately for the Messiah to come. And this age is what, what's called the age of water. It's the age of of not abundance, it's the age of, of, of kind of just maintaining. You are waiting for the Messiah to come to take you into, to usher in, to, to begin the age of wine. And the age of wine is the age of feasting, the age of victory, the age of the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God being over everything that you touch, the age of abundance, the age of a land of milk and honey and feast and a wedding feast where the wine is is flowing and it's the best of the wine and it's fruitfulness and abundance. That is the age that you are waiting for. Now, I mean age as in a time period. And John says to his audience, the first sign that Jesus did for you 
that show should have shown you that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, pushing you into presenting you with this new age. Because whenever Jesus says, you know, my hour has come or this age, he's talking about these these different time periods that the Jewish understanding had. He said the first miracle, the first sign that he did that you should have picked up and believed was him turning the age of water into the age of wine at a wedding feast in Cana, in Galilee, where everybody knew what the promised Messiah was to do. Once the Messiah comes, we are in the the age to come, which is an age of abundance, of wine flowing, of grapes, of plenty. And he said he physically showed you that and you still didn't believe. Imagine this moment of John 60 years after this going, oh my goodness, how obvious was that? He literally changed water into wine (laughs) at a wedding feast and the vessels that he used were the cleansing. The the cleanse. Jesus was so detailed. When you study the Gospels, don't miss the details. He uses these stone ceremonial washing jars. Now, they may have been the biggest, you know, vessels, great, but we can really look into this and say this wine, this forward cleansing, this blood that was about to be shed was about to be, you know, the the, the sacrament of the water and the wine. Oh, it's so cool. There's so much in this text. But we have this beautiful moment where John is thinking back and he's saying, He showed you that he was the Messiah. He literally changed water into wine so that you would know and still you didn't believe. Now remember, guys, back in in John 1, he said those, he came to those who who were his own and they did not receive him. This is this moment where we're kind of looking at the fruition of that John 1 moment where he came to the Jews knowing full well what they were waiting for. TYB. Has God doing something in your mix that you haven't seen yet? Is God doing something where you are in the middle of this walk moment? He's got you to step out in faith. He's got you to pray for healing. He's got you to do something and you haven't seen it yet. You're on that walk. <laughs> you, you still got water in your cup and you're about to pre- step out in faith and present it to the master, but it hasn't transformed yet know that it will happen. When he speaks, let's go back to John 1, he is the word of God, meaning what? When the word of God speaks, it is authority, it is creative, it is life transforming, it brings life into dead situations, it brings order into chaos. When he speaks, it is done. So guys, today, if you are in this moment where God is told, Jesus has told you to do something that you are thinking and you are like these guys and you're like, I'm drawing out water and I'm going to my boss and I'm about to be sacked, do not worry because your Jesus is 
the son of God. He is the Messiah you've been waiting for. He has the power to do what he promised and he will do it. I love this moment where we are to stand on these promises and say, you know what? He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a rabbi. He was the son of God that did these incredible miracles. How cool is this miracle that John presents here? And you can imagine John, the old disciple going, oh my gosh, we didn't really realize what was happening at that time it's so kind of cool because it's it's kind of coming back he says what Jesus did here was the first of the signs and he's going to go through five to seven of these signs to say these are the signs to show you that he was more than what you thought so I hope you've loved this moment jump into John we're going to keep going as much as we can in this text but really know today guys if you are in that walk of faith and your water hasn't changed to wine don't worry it will because God has a reason that he's got you to step out in faith and it will be for your blessing. It will be so that you will be like the bridegroom, honored where you thought you were about to be shamed. God is going to do what he promised because he is the Messiah, the son of God. Love studying this chapter with you guys. And let's jump into another one. 